This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hear more from Free FM. For a small monthly fee, you can become a patron and support independent community media. Go to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out how. Welcome to the Fruit Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We are back in the studio this week and it is fantastic. It's just great, isn't it? You should see her, guys. She's got a big smile on. She is so over trying to fix up all those sound problems that she had from home. And guess what? You should see him. He got a haircut. Splashed out, Mariana. Oh, my goodness. Ten bucks. Goodness, I don't know. I would never pay $10 for anyone to cut my hair. What, you only pay eight? No. <laughs> Gillies don't pay $10 yeah, yeah. haircuts. Don't I know that? Oh, no. You guys are just splash and dash. <laughs> <laughs> so I had some student cutting my hair yesterday. He was only 18. Oh. But he did a good job, I thought. I'm happy with it. And what I was really happy with was it was only 10 bucks. <laughs> and he fell into that one as well. Yeah, well, the puppy had chewed my glasses. I had to go to the optometrist, and there was this place across the road. It said, men's haircuts, 10 bucks. There was nobody there. And I thought, that sounds like a bit of me. And I yep. went. You've never seen Barry Jones move so fast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's nice to see you. It is. It's good to be here. It is. So this week we are talking about the gossip about the world champs in Australia and New Zealand, their stance on sending our teams next year. New Zealand Bridge and the Australian Bridge Federation have, I think, jointly written a letter to the World Bridge Federation about the world champs, which they've said they're going to hold in March next year, if they can, and also the Bermuda Bowl, which is going to be held at the end of the year, along with the... Venice Cup and the Dorsey Trophy, which are the women's and the seniors, along, of course, with the mixed trophy as well. And the issue is having to send our teams twice in one year. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, obviously, there's a lot of expense involved, especially for you know associations like yep. New Zealand and Australia, a mm. long way from Europe, mm. and having to send all those teams over in March and then do the same thing again is probably more than their resources can stretch to. So there's also a little bit about the qualification. Yeah, that's right. So to qualify to play in the Bermuda Bowl, etc., at the end of the year, you have to have played in the World Championships, which, of course, are being held in the same year. This is just for the Open and the Women, I understand. The Mm. seniors and the mixed aren't affected. But it seems a bit grim to say if you don't send somebody to the World Championships, you're not allowed to play in the Bermuda Bowl either. Mm. So they've asked for dispensation. And I'd be really surprised if... The World Bridge Federation wasn't sympathetic to that under the circumstances with COVID-19 being what it is. Yeah, because it definitely was beyond your control and it was worldwide effective, so hopefully. But they have some support, don't they? Yeah, they do. The um, International Bridge Press Association picked up on this and they agreed with pretty much everything that was in that letter that New Zealand and Australia sent. So that might help them a little bit. So if you're interested to have a little read, it is on the New Zealand Bridge website, the letter. I thought it was very well written. I liked it. It's something I'm going to be following. 
And talking about international and playing against Australia, the mixed teams played New Zealand mixed teams. He had a little dabble there, Barry. How was that? Yeah, that was on Sunday. So New Zealand mixed team played against the Australian mixed team. Julian Foster organised it for us. He's their MPC. So we did that on Sunday. We played just 24 boards. We did three sets of eight so that all three pairs got to play two sets. So that was a lot of fun. Pretty good. So tell me about it. Round one, who played? Well, Julie and Patrick and Jenny and I played round one and we lost by seven imps. So it was seven imps behind. Don't be like that. (laughs) Actually, we were a lot more behind until we played the last board where we picked up 11. Otherwise, we'd been a lot further behind. So ended up seven imps behind and we were pretty happy about that. Yep. So the second match, Patrick and Julie played with Joe and Sam Simpson. Mm Mm-hmm. And they managed to claw back the grand total of three imps. Wow. <laughs> exciting stuff. Well, at least it made it close. Made yeah. it exciting. There are only four imps in it going into the last eight boards. Yeah. That was Sam and Joe Simpson and Jenny and I played the last set, of course. We were playing against um, Hugh Grosvenor and Tanya Lloyd. Mm-hmm. And that one, we managed to just sneak home by 11 imps, which was enough to get up and win by seven. Nice. So seven, eh? Yeah, funny thing happened, though, and I'm going to ask Judge Julie about this later. Yep. When we got to the last board, the difference on BBO is, as you all know, when you're playing a team's match, you don't know what the score is. But on BBO, we could see exactly what the score was. you were looking at the history. (laughs) We were. Well, they were (laughs) playing at about the same rate as us. Yep. So they had played the first seven boards when we played the first seven. So going into the last round, we knew that we were something like 13 imps ahead going into the last board. Mm -hmm. So as long as nothing really bad happened, we were going to win. But it did have an effect. Like? Well, the opponents bid to two spades. One spade, two spades. That's your favourite. And you know that I hate letting people play in that situation. Don't let them play, Mariana. That's what we hear all the time, Nigella and myself. Don't let them play. Always take it out. You'll be fine. What'd you do? Well, the thing was, we were 13 imps up. And I thought, well, I think we can can probably make something at the three level. But maybe we can't. But if I let them play two spades and they make it, they're not going to win 13 imps off us unless something dramatic happens in the other room. So yeah. you did, you wussed out. I did, I wussed oh. I let them make two spades. Anyway, that wasn't the end of the story. In the other room, Joe and Sam were almost identical situation the other way. The opponents had bid to two diamonds, and they sort of felt like they probably should compete here. That didn't seem right to let them play two diamonds. But they also looked and said, yeah, we're 30 nymphs ahead, we're not going to compete. So, <gasps> so they let them play two diamonds. So they played two diamonds making in one room and two spades making in the other, and we lost six imps on the last board <laughs> from a from a couple of wimps who decided that oh, we just wanted to win. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think Judge Julie's in agreement with it either. She thinks it's not a good idea to be able to see what the result is as you're going along. A bit like a barometer. I was going to say that. But that's terrible. You need to practice what you preach here, Father Barry Jones. (laughs) Yeah, well, I would have done. But at the end of the day, we just wanted to win. (laughs) That's terrible. So So, Mixed Blacks had their very first outing and they beat Australia. Can't be bad. Can't be bad, no. But you need to practice what you preach. (laughs) 
Don't you go banging that book around here anymore. <laughs> Always compete. Don't let them play at the two level. I'll like <clears throat> BBO on what date was it? May the 17th. <laughs> Damn, I should never have told her about this. I'll never hear the end of it. Oh, interesting. Okay, the next thing I want to talk to you about is North Island Pears. So Hamilton is um, in a, it's not an awkward position, but they've been contacted by New Zealand Bridge just to see if they'd contemplate opening up for North Island Pears or their views on it. Tell us more about that. Yeah, well, that is, this is an interesting one. They are thinking about holding it. It's on the 21st of June, which is not very far away, obviously. Mm. Maybe it's a bit too close, but Hamilton have sort of indicated that if you know all the protocols are in place, everything is done correctly, they would consider holding it. But obviously that's got to go before the Hamilton Club Committee and they've got to make a decision. But there's, you know, what are we going to do? Are people going to be wearing gloves? Are we going to have hand sanitizers? Are we going to be wearing masks? How's it all going to work? We need to keep people safe. And I don't know, it's probably a little bit close, but they are looking at doing it. So we could possibly have tournament bridge back as early as the 21st of June, but no guarantees. Well, it is a whole four weeks away. And look, we did level four in four weeks, so you never know. Yeah, it's it's a tough one for the Hamilton Club and for NZ Bridge. Hmm. I think what you said is an absolute minimum, but be it what it is at that time, when maybe out of the mass, you won't hand sanitizers I think is going to be a natural addition to any group gathering place whether it's clubs work or I think people it's just become part of the norm so, I, think, I think the most important thing actually might be the gloves because I mean you know when, yeah. when, when cards are going from person to person yeah. having gloves so you'd think maybe hand sanitizer when you walk into the building put your gloves mm-hmm. on I guess if you have to leave the building, I don't know what happens then, whether you take your gloves off and put some fresh ones on when you come back. Don't know how that's all going to work. That's something they're going to have to look at. Well, we've been working with gloves at work. That can be a bit of a nightmare. I would say it's a bit of a pain. You know, we're not doing them all day, but we've got plenty of supplies, so we are pulling them off and on and chucking them out. But um, hard yeah, to know. Yeah, we're using them at work too, but I mean, they're not that expensive. I think $12 a hundred or something. But then again, we're going to need quite a few, aren't we, to, yeah. to for all yep. these bridge players' hands? Yep, that's right. But where there's a will, there's a way. I don't see any issue with it. It's more the people that are attending. Do you think there has to be a minimum number that they'd want to have entered? I think they're probably more worried about a maximum number, actually. because really? obvi- Well, obviously, there'd have to be social distancing. The tables would have to be perhaps a little bit further apart than normal. Okay, yeah. And we'd have to... F- I mean, Hamilton Bridge Club's a bit lucky. They've got two rooms. They've got quite a lot of space. We could um, yeah. space them out, but we have to have room for them all. I would imagine numbers would be down on what you'd normally expect for the North Island pairs, which I imagine sort of 30, 40 tables you'd, you'd normally get. Yep. You never know. People could be busting well, they might to get be. out and play that social contact. Oh, we this we just don't know, but we'll have to figure out how many tables we can get that are a reasonable distance apart. Then they want to decide about whether we should provide food or whether we should not provide food, that sort of stuff. No, I don't think so. Not at this early stage, because you can imagine how we can control that in our little kitchens. 
I mean, it's a, actually, it's a fairly decent-sized kitchen, but it's pretty close, and well, I think the responsibility should be up to the players. Bring your own lunch, look after yourself, all individual, and come and play bridge. Well, yeah, I think that there was some concern, though, if people are all going out to get their lunches, that's not something that you really want to do. Nah, they should pack their own lunch. Like bring your own lunch, you lazy beggars. You've been at home for the last six weeks. You've been self-sufficient. It remains the same. God. Gosh, she's like the Kim Jong-un of the bridge world, this. She's a proper little dictator, guys. She's had six weeks in isolation, and now she wants to boss everybody around. Oh, I think it's fine. You want to come play in bridge, you need to be self-sufficient, and you come for the entire day with your own little picnic camper. Yeah, but I don't know whether you can actually bar people from going out to buy their lunch. No. Some of them will. And so I think that was the only reason I think they were looking at providing lunches was so that people wouldn't be going out mixing with others and that sort of stuff. Well, like I said, that's four weeks away. A lot can happen in four weeks. Yeah, interesting to see what happens. There will be. We'll let you know developments. Okay, so tell me, we've been seeing some pretty shapely hands lately. Oh, have we? What? You're talking about on BBO? Yeah. Goulashy almost. Eight card suits. Six, five, seven. I had a seven, four last night. Four. What's that saying about six, five? Six five come alive. That's Ron Klinger's saying, and it's not really about points, there, is it? No, it's not. Six four bid more. No, I don't know that one. What do you call an eight card suit? What? Trumps. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, the one that I know is um, how when you're teaching beginners about the ranks. Shit happens. Don't care. Spades, hearts, diamonds, clubs. I thought that's great. I love saying that one. <laughs> what else we got? Yeah, so there was all these shapely hands. What do you do with them? I mean, you, when you get freak hands like that, there's really no right and wrong things to do. You have to guess what the best thing is to do, how high you dare to go, and how quickly. Mm. I had a hand last night with, as I said, seven spades and four clubs. They weren't particularly good spades. I think it was something like jack 10, 9 to 7. They were sort of solid, but I was missing ace, king, queen. <laughs> And though I had ace, king to four clubs on the side, I wasn't vile and the opponents were first in hand. Decided I'd open four spades, see which way the wind was blowing. And? Everybody passed. Oh, nice. I couldn't make four spades, but still, it was okay. They could make, you know, game their way. They were cool for four hearts, but it was really difficult for them. <laughs> Takes up a lot of room. Having spades is awesome. Yes, we've been learning about Pearson's count and everything with Cynthia's quizzes. That's right, Cynthia Clayton's quizzes talking about Pearson points, saying that if you're fourth in hand and you've got a marginal sort of opener, look at your spades. If you haven't got many spades, then you're probably going to lose the auction. Mm-hmm. So you can pass it in. True. So if you are going to open fourth in hand, you've got to be sure that you're going to get a plus score. Otherwise... Better off to pass it in. Hey, you don't get a plus score. At least you don't get a minus. So you'll beat anybody that goes minus. Yeah. She is up to quiz number 19, would you believe? (laughs) That's remarkable. She's put a stack (laughs) of work into this. Oh, it's been fantastic. Thank you, Cynthia. And she's getting a little bit of feedback now from the people that are participating, which is really good for Cynthia because she's been sending these out. They disappear into the ether when she emails them off and she has no idea what happens, whether people look at them, whether they're doing them, how they're doing. Yeah. Some people have not been doing very well. <laughs> I wonder who. Um, 
can tell your folks that Mariana was a star. She got nine out of nine the other day. I did. I've had that twice now. I'm twice. Like, woo, woo. That's, but, out of, that's out of 19, guys. I'm just <laughs> putting that out there. Hey, <laughs> I've been doing right. Except this week, I only got seven. And I think today I might only get eight. But friend, that's all right. What about our friend Nigel? How did he do? I think Nigella is staying away from sharp <laughs> instruments. <laughs> Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Question one. Now, this has got something to do with BBO. Now, can you register with one partner because your other partner isn't actually online yet and you can't register? And then before the session starts, cancel the registration and then register with your correct partner. It's more or less to hold your space. (laughs) Throw the book at her. Hey, quiet in the cheap seats. (laughs) Yes, you can, I suppose. Certainly, I mean, it's not like we're going to sit there for two hours and say, oh, you can't do this and we're going to do something about it because there is no way we have time to sit and watch paint dry or people register and deregister and do what people do. You do run the risk that when you cancel your registration that somebody else will register instead of you. So you sort of can't keep your space. You could be unlucky and somebody could leap in there and take your spot. But the numbers were, are decreasing. So the reason it's gone down to one tournament at night is because we would have had something like 86 pairs enter instead of 80 which is what our limit is. So with the numbers reducing as people are doing more with their time now that they're working and that you can have family time and all the rest of it means that we can give people a bit of a breather and we just have the one tournament at night. So she could end up with some world-class expert from Poland or somewhere come on and tell her off like happened the other night when I got her to sub. That'd be good. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) See, I see you haven't got any nicer since you've been in isolation. <laughs> uh, I must admit, you know, being told off by a world-class player has got to be way better than being told off by Barry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I needed a sub the other night, so I got Mariana and she ended up with the guy. And he only lasted three boards and he left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, Judge Julie, we got 80-something on the first board not very good on the second board and 90 something on the third board and that wasn't good enough so up he popped so he, I was he like sent me a message and said get me out of here yeah <laughs> so I just thought right back in your box chocolate <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey got question two yeah okay now this is an interesting one when we were playing the match that you were involved in Julie the other day against the Australians we got down to the very last board and of course we could see all the scores coming up and we knew we were 13 imps ahead with one board to play. The opponents had gone one spade, two spades, and I thought, ooh, really should compete here, but I thought, ooh, we're 13 imps ahead. I just don't want anything bad to happen. If I pass this, we'll probably win. So I did. And the reverse, more or less, happened at the other table where Sam and Joe let the opponents play in two diamonds when they probably should have competed to two spades. What do you think about this, Julie, where the scores are available for everybody to look at? They know what's happening. Hang well, on, Judge Julie, knows. just one minute. Are you saying you're sort of cheating by <laughs> no, looking at the scores? No, no, you're allowed to look at the scores. That, okay. if that's, you, if you've got the scores up. Yeah. If it's final, you're allowed to look at the scores. That's called a barometer, yep. right? 
they put the scores up every certain after every round or as close to it as they can manage, though normally it's not immediate, but online it is immediate and we know exactly what is happening. Now, if I was playing in an event where the score that I lost by mattered as much as winning, so for example if we're playing in a round robin or something where the total score matters, it makes no difference about the barometer because I'm more interested in doing the best I can so I have the smallest loss or, the, or whatever, but I'm concerned about the competition in total and not about one match. Mm-hmm. All of Bridge Base appears to be barometer, but it doesn't have to be, I don't think. And so we know, when we get to the end of the last rounds, what we might need to do to win. And that is a completely different tactic. It's like teams, this is different tactics to peers, and rubber bridges, different tactics to the other two. And so if we're running, in, if we're in a barometer, and we know that if we bit a slam, like a rubber bridge competition, for example, if we but the slam on the last board, then we qualify to go and play it. And if we don't, we're out the door. Well, that's part of the tactic of winning that particular thing, isn't it? Mm. Whether it's good or whether it's bad is just a matter of opinion, I suppose. Yeah, and I mean, I'm happy not to know the scores. And I know a lot of people, even when barometers available, prefer not to see how they're doing. So I prefer to make, play bridge and make best judgments. But, you know, if everyone's got the same information, it's an even playing field, isn't it? The difference in this match, of course, is that we were actually playing a teams event, which I've never been in a situation before where I've known the scores in a teams event as I'm playing. You can turn it off. Because uh, um, I said to Patrick about it, I think, at some point. You can turn it off so you can't see it. And I said, personally, I would prefer not to see it. And certainly that information is not available to you in the course of a normal team's event, no matter which part of it we're playing in. But you now know that you should play on gut instinct and your gut instinct is to bid at the three level and Sam and Joe's gut instinct was to bid on. And that's what should happen and you would have won by quite a bit more. Well, not, not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> well, no? it cost us another six imps. It cost us six imps. But a win's a win. We decided it was a first outing for the mixed blacks. A win was what we were after. It's a pretty vanilla approach. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Third um, question? Third question was about kibitzes, Julie. So we're only asking BBO questions because that's all we've got at the moment. So okay. when we're playing in some of these teams matches that are on, you're able to say yes that kibitzes are allowed or no, they're not allowed. What do you think about kibitzes on BBO, Julie? Are they a good thing or is it just depends who's playing? Well, I mean, it depends, okay? BBO is great. We get people come along and we say, go and watch somebody. And it is amazing what you can learn. And even if you don't understand the system, watching the card play is just so great, watching good players play cards well. And you can learn from it. So there's great value in people being able to watch other people. And if kibitzers can't talk to the people playing at the table, which is pretty normal, then generally there's just no great issue about it. I mean, they come along, they watch, they get enjoyment, and at times like this, what, you know, what do you want? Do you want people to be able to enjoy the game? And if they can learn from the game, well, that's great as well. And if there's no cause for concern, well, we don't care. It does seem like, though, that some people are a bit 
reluctant to have gibbets as well. Even some very, really quite good players don't really like people watching them, though. Why is that? Well, I don't, well yeah. all of us are show-offs, if you know what I mean. I'm <laughs> happy not to have kibitzes. I like to relax and not worry about the fact there's people around me. But on the other hand, I don't have a problem because I can't see them and it doesn't really reach my radar, even though I know people might be there. So... You know, it's it's just one of those things. Some people really, really don't like being watched and it makes them more nervous or more stressed. And they're entitled, in the normal course of an event, you have open rooms and closed rooms. In the closed room, you're not watched. In the open room, you are. So often, teams will have people that will play in the closed room because they don't want to have people watching them. Yeah, so if you get shy, quiet retiring people like myself you know <laughs> that don't like people to watch <laughs> no I don't mind them watching at all I'm more than what happy are we talking about here I think when Julie was talking about show offs yeah <laughs> oh, was, oh sorry was that referring to you <laughs> oh so I missed that one Julie do you want to say it again in braggart <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's alright until something goes wrong <laughs> Yeah, and then you think, oh god, I wish nobody had seen that. But anyway, but uh, yeah, I don't mind them watching, uh, but some people do. So I guess yeah. it's just horses for courses. Yeah, and I mean, as I said, you know, people get a great deal of enjoyment out of watching people as well, and that's why we have ViewGraph for events because a lot of people really enjoy watching, and it's exciting and it's fun. And you know what they really enjoy most of all? They like seeing an expert stuff something up that makes them feel a whole lot better, doesn't it, Julie? Yeah. How many homers have you won? Uh, let's not go there. <laughs> well, I did. We were playing last Wednesday, and I had a comment from a part. We did particularly well. We had a good session, got some really nice cards, and we always say which is your favourite hand or which was your favourite session. And my partner came back to me and she said, I did enjoy taking beep, 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 light. And I was like, oh, very good. I don't know the beep, beep, beep person, but yes, she got real amusement from that. Yeah, there are some people that you just like to beat, and and it's not even necessarily about whether how good or bad they are. There's just some people that you just seem to have that desire when you play them that you do better than they do just bear in mind Mariana that not all people have the vindictive streak that Judge Julie has <laughs> well that was funny because a, a friend of ours who shall remain nameless said have you rung up to gloat yet I said nope Mousy Cullen doesn't gloat thank you very much but you and Barry are quite happy to <laughs> all welcome to but I didn't gloat do you want to ask me what I was meant to gloat about? Do we have to? <laughs> oh no, because then that would be gloating. I can't, because that would be gloating. Gloating is not something we do at the bridge no. table. It's actually very, very poor etiquette. So well done, Mariana, for not gloating. <laughs> Now she's gloating about not gloating. Is, <laughs> is that a new thing? <laughs> is that the only thing you're allowed to gloat about is not gloating? Okay, not gloating. that's fair enough. Yeah, I'll get a gold medal for that. How about that? Well, thank you, Judge. Did you get back on the show? Yeah, nice to talk to both of you for a change. I know. And we'll see you next week, probably with some more BBO questions until we finally get some face-to-face -face bridge.
Okay, I will try and think of things, okay? Thanks very much. Say hello to Baylor for us. I will indeed. Bye. Bye. And to finish the show, we have a quick tip. It's about the 100th time I've talked about takeout doubles, but I'm amazed how many people think that if somebody opens a major and the next hand doubles, it shows four of the other major and not much else. (laughs) It doesn't just show four of the other major, it shows all of the other suits. So you should have at least three of the other suits as well. So so it opens a heart and you double. Unless you've got some sort of monster hand where you're planning on bidding again, you're just going to pass whatever partner bids usually. So you need to have at least three trumps for them. Yep. Keep it simple. That's what we do here. And so that's all for this week, Mariana. We'll be back in the studio again next week. Ta-da. Good to see you, Barry. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.